Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour. A time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's traveling. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Many people associate the term yoga with exercise. Kriya yoga is a wider system including philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. As a medical doctor and longtime practitioner of Kriya yoga, I have found it to be a comprehensive system for enhanced well-being on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. Today, we're going to explore joyously living the journey of spiritual practice. And I am joined by Les Kay, abbot of the Canon Doe Zen Meditation Center in Mountain View, California, and author of the book, Joyously Through the Days, Living the Journey of Spiritual Practice. Les Kay was ordained as a Zen monk by Shunru Suzuki in 1971 and was appointed spiritual leader of the Canon Doe Center in 1983. Canon Doe means place of compassion. In 1986, he was recognized as a Zen teacher and a successor in the lineage of Shunru Suzuki. Starting in 1958, Les worked for IBM in San Jose for over 30 years. His book, Zen at Work, includes stories of how his own meditation practice enhanced the quality of his life and work at IBM. His book, Joyously Through the Days, The Continuous Journey of Spiritual Practice, explores the various ways that spirituality and Zen practice can be expressed in everyday relationships and activities. You can learn more about Les Kay and his books at the website canondo.org. Welcome, Les Kay. I'm delighted you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Well, thank you, Laurel, and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Great. Before we begin to enter into our dialogue about joyously living the journey of spiritual practice, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Stop for a moment, right here, right now. And with this next breath, allow our mind to drop down into our heart. For this moment, we focus on just being right where we are, 
feeling our body wherever you are right now. We open our minds to divine omnipresence and recognize that one reality called by many names is a source and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone. Within us, around us, and between us. In this moment, we simply let our attention move within to the depths of our being. We become aware of our breath, noticing its natural flow. Not trying to change it, just noticing. Inhalation and exhalation. Cool air entering the nostrils. Warm air flowing out. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. Our thoughts don't touch our innermost essence, our essential nature, beyond words, thoughts, and emotions, beyond all change unmoving, birthless, deathless being. Peace, emanating from the essence of our being, pervades the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, I want to welcome you, Les Kay, to our conversation. Um, Paramahansa Yogananda once gave his disciple Roy Eugene Davis the advice to read a little, meditate more, and think of God all the time. With this instruction, Yogananda was stressing the importance of meditation, but also indicating that spiritual practice extends into everything that we do. Coming from a background in Zen Buddhism, what does the term spiritual practice mean to you? Well, I think spiritual practice begins with us having a worldview that goes beyond ourself. In other words, our orientation is towards everything, towards the other. Mm. Uh, but the spiritual practice also means that we are inspired uh, to do everything that we do with quality and that, in a way, we make a vow uh, to live our life authentically. I think this is... Um, the primary motivation of anyone who has a spiritual practice. We really want to live our life authentic, authentically, and we want to treat all of our relationships uh, with reverence. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's really lovely, you know, that, that uh, bringing that reverence into our daily life and realizing that there does not need to be a gap. Right. Yeah. So one benefit of meditation uh, that you talk about in your book uh, is that it helps us to open a space around our emotions so that we can observe them and understand them better. So how does meditation help us to observe our emotions? Well, just by uh, quieting our mind and uh, setting aside all of the distractions that come up from the, the busyness of our everyday life, we begin to see the emotions, the, in other words, the subjective uh, part of our being, uh, 
where which we have kept hidden the objective side of our of our uh, and our thinking process uh, keeps these emotions hidden from us because uh, we get so caught up and so distracted with with our chores and our tasks and all the things that we feel we need to accomplish the emotions are things we we keep hidden but if we can sit quietly in meditation and let our mind become still in other words let it become empty of thoughts and let the subjective side awaken we can begin to see our emotions and begin to understand more of what we're doing and how we are in the world yes indeed and um one of the things that you mentioned in the book which i have noticed in you know my own um study of my emotions is that anger is often a secondary emotion which in- occurs on top of another underlying emotion how does that work well, I think the uh, primary emotions that we feel that uh, set us off and create anger are things such as fear, embarrassment, and uh, not anxiety about not getting what we want. Those things uh, trigger uh, anger. And our, our response, that's our cry for help, really, that, that says, I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. And, you know, please help. Uh, anger is uh, uh, not only a cry for help, but it's also a cover to these primary emotions, such as fear, emotions that we don't want to admit that we have. And so instead, we create anger, which is directed usually at somebody else. In other words, we try to blame others for the fundamental emotions that we have, we try to blame others uh, through our anger. Uh, and that is uh, why anger is, um, can be so destructive. It mm-hmm. does not let us see what's really going on with us. Yes, indeed. Um, and often we get just caught by it because it comes on, yeah. feels like it comes on relatively quickly. Um, and you mentioned, you know, meditation and, you know, my experience of meditation is just as you described that it opens that space for reflection, you know, around anger. Um, so I wouldn't say that I'm always successful at this, but when there is that space, you described it as being able to see then the emptiness or weightlessness of our emotions, including anger. Yes, and the meditation practice uh, often helps us see that we are clinging to anger and uh, letting it um, uh, rule our lives instead of us being in control. And when we become aware of our anger and what's causing it, then we have a chance to look at the fundamental emotion and see um, the emptiness of that. And then we can come back to ourselves and uh, let go of the anger. Mm-hmm. So on the other... Oh, go ahead. I, well, I think a moment ago you referred to uh, anger as, uh, as weightless. And I think mm-hmm. uh, that's a very good description. It, it has no uh, reality of itself. It has no intrinsic weight, as I think you said. Uh, it's just something that uh, comes up in our mind that uh, can hook us and, um, and, and enslave us. And we know people that have become enslaved by their own anger. Yes. Yeah. So on the other end of the spectrum, uh, we are drawn towards pleasurable experiences. And yet sometimes, even when we have everything that we want, we are still dissatisfied. And you talk about this in the book as stagnation. So how can spiritual practice help us to overcome that stagnation? Well, uh, you know, our spiritual practice starts with us being inspired by something, some sense of something that we feel or a sense of something that we see or a word that we heard or maybe even an aroma. We feel inspired to live the authentic life, to not live 
a careless life and to not be idle, but to live fully and authentically. When that inspiration is present, or when we can recover it if we temporarily lost it, then that overcomes stagnation. The inspiration gives us the energy to move forward and not stay stuck in one place. Mm. Yes, lovely that, you know, inspiration is so helpful in that way. So well, uh, it's, we're coming to the first uh, break. So okay. uh, hold that thought less. We'll come right All back right. to it. So uh, you're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Zen Abbott Les K. You can learn more about him and his book, Joyously Through the Days, uh, at his website, canondo.org. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien and discussing joyously living the, the journey of spiritual practice. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for The Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Les Kay, who is abbot of the Canon Doe Zen Meditation Center in Mountain View, California, and author of the book, Joyously Through the Days, Living the Journey of Spiritual Practice. In this segment, we're going to be focusing on the benefits of spiritual practice. In your book, Les, you shared the parable, well known in the yoga tradition, about a lion cub raised by sheep. The lion cub believes he is a sheep and is acting like a sheep, eating grass and bleeding, until one day an older lion comes along and shows the young lion his reflection in the still water of a lake. With a mighty roar, the young lion realizes his true identity. So this parable is about finding our true selves and not getting caught up living in a habitual way. How does spiritual practice help us to live not through habit, but rather as our authentic true self? It starts when we feel troubled by problems arising from our habitual way of doing things. When we notice there are problems, when we notice that we're having difficulties, and when we recognize that they are due to to habits, then we start looking at what those habits are, where they came from, what they're all about, and how we can get beyond them. So by recognizing our habits, we take our first step in resolving the difficulties that start with them. And uh, I might add that in that story, uh, one has to realize one's true self, all of us, by making that roar, 
that's described in the parable, each of us has to make that roar if we are to wake up to our true self and get beyond the conditioned way of life, which is characterized by uh, these habits. Yes, I love that actually in the book where you were talking, you retold this parable and, you know, we're saying that it's not enough to see for the lion to see his reflection in the water, but rather the roar is essential. Yes, absolutely. Um, Too many people are, you know, are reluctant to make that roar, frightened or feel embarrassed by it or just uncertain. And uh, in Zen practice, at least uh, making doing making that roar um, to oneself, at least, is necessary uh, to break out of uh, the conditioned way of life. I don't know how true that is in other traditions, but certainly in Zen practice, some each of us has to to make that roar. It's not just enough to see ourselves uh, intellectually. Right, so it's a it's a way to take action then, coming from our authentic self. Yes, that when you know when we roar like that, there's no thinking going on. The rational mind has stopped when that roar takes place. There is nothing but feeling and a very deep expression that is not limited by logic or analysis or anything like that. And that roar is uh, so different than the kind of life we live these days, which is requires us to be logical and analytical. Um, but I think uh, things are changing and people are beginning to become uh, more willing to make that roar. So one of the other things that it takes to make that roar is awareness. And in the book... Joyously through the days, you describe awareness as our most important skill. So, why do you say that? Well, if you think about all the skills that we need uh, to live our life, to take us through our day, uh, the skill of listening, of reading, writing, having a conversation, making presentations, all of those skills, if we're going to be successful at them, we need to have awareness. Try to imagine doing, of writing, for example, or making a presentation without being aware of the present moment. We fail. We can't complete it. So awareness is the foundation for everything we do. So that makes it our most important skill. And, uh, you know, all those other skills that I mentioned, you could probably go to a community college and get trained in effective writing, effective listening, making presentations. But you can't go to college to take a class to develop the skill of awareness. That's where spiritual practice comes in. And in particular, I think meditation is such a a great core, you know, building block for increasing our awareness. Exactly. So turning now, there's a... um, there's a section in your book on what you call enlightened communication that I really enjoyed. One of the lifestyle practices of Kriya Yoga is harmlessness or ahimsa. And speech is an area where it's so important to focus on this harmlessness because once we say something, words cannot be really taken back. Um, so when you speak about enlightened communication, what is it that you mean? It means that when we communicate with somebody, either in words or with the body, with body language, we have to have no desire to get anything out of this communication, no desire for gain. And at the same time, we need to be sensitive to our own emotions and the words that will come out the word that we're about to choose that will come out and how those words might affect another person. We have to be totally aware of what we're doing and have nothing in mind that we would like to get from this communication. So it's, you know, it's beyond being clever. (laughs) So Mm. So much communication these days is 
uh, emphasizes uh, being clever with the right words to uh, move people, but to, muni- to communicate in an enlightened way means to communicate unselfishly and not be concerned with an, a personal advantage, but to be concerned more with how this communication will affect the relationship that we're in at this very moment and with this other person. Yes, and so much of that awareness then, you know, of the impact of our words on others uh, is something that um, often does have a, a time delay. So, yeah. in other words, we, we feel uh, or we think, we assume that we will recognize the impact of our words on others, but we often don't. And in the book, you had a nice little diagram where there was a gap between an event like, you know, saying something to someone, and then subsequently there's a recognition of its effect. And sometimes that's way downstream. We don't realize the impact our words had on someone, um, possibly for, you know, weeks or months or occasionally even years. So um, that gap is something that's really, it's really a key uh, piece to be aware of. Yes, that very simple diagram in the book is, uh, a shorthand for what I believe must be a very complex psychological process, but I think it illustrates uh, what's going on uh, in a very practical sense. Um, and that that gap, the concept of that gap is so important. If the gap, the time delay between when we say something that turns out to be not so appropriate uh, the time between the saying and when we recognize that we said it and we say to ourselves, oh, my goodness, uh, that was a mistake. I regret what I said. Uh, I think I have to, uh, I should apologize to the other person. You know, if that gap is weeks or months and we apologize, the other person might, might say, I wonder how come it took her so long to say she's sorry. Yeah. On the other hand, if we can recognize if this gap is short and we recognize our inappropriate words in just a few minutes and go and say we're sorry, that other person will say, well, isn't that good of her to come and apologize so quickly? So the gap is really vital uh, in our relationships. Right, and meditation has an impact on that gap. Exactly. Meditation can profoundly affect the length of that gap, which is... um, why I like to talk about the relevance of our spiritual practice in the ordinary affairs of our life, because certainly relevant is not otherworldly. It's very real world. Indeed. Yes. Yes. So I love the, uh, the line in the preface of your book. You say, my primary purpose in writing this book is to illustrate how spiritual practice enhances awareness, patience, and generosity and enables us to respond creatively to the complexities, distraction, and uncertainties of our lives. But there's such a great summary, I think, of an impact of spiritual practice on our lives. So we've talked a bit about um, enhancing awareness. How does our spiritual practice enhance our ability to respond creatively to life's challenges? Well, uh, fundamentally, it helps us become selfless. It in, increases our capacity to be selfless and to see things uh, in a different way. For example, you used the term just a moment ago, respond creatively to life's challenges. Right. That, I think, is the uh, appropriate terminology. But too often, we look at life's challenges and we say, well, I need to overcome it or I need to, you know, defeat it in some way. And that kind of language, you know, indicates, um, indicates we're at war. If we want to overcome life's challenges, uh, we're going to be constantly at war with ourselves, w- with our everyday life. And, we'll, and it, that's going to create suffering for us. On the other hand, if we can see these challenges as something that we need to respond to in a positive way, then our mind opens up and is con- con- always exploring how can I fit, how can I be in good relationship to this thing that's troubling me. And so we're always being creative that way, and we're not uh, troubled by 
the desire to overcome or to be at war with some difficulty that's um, you know troubling us right now. So I think language is really important, and our practice helps us see uh, how we can frame our responses to life. We can either try to overcome it or and, and be at war with it, or we can respond creatively, which is a whole different mindset. Yes, I've I've heard uh, the distinction made between uh, reacting to life, which tends to be more of a triggered, you know, reaction, rather than yeah. responding, you know, responding to life, which is more to me brings more of the consciousness, you know, the awareness that we've been talking about that meditation builds. Uh, being able to bring that, you know, in your into your more chosen, you know, response rather than your rather unconscious. Uh, triggered response. Yes, your habitual or, like you say, reactive response, where we don't give it any consideration. We just spit it out and um, probably create problems. Right. So, uh, how about uh, generosity? That's another thing that you mentioned in the, you know, a, a benefit of spiritual practice. How does uh, spiritual practice enhance generosity? Well, uh, one very simple example of how we can be generous with each other is when we are with each other and we listen to each other. When we listen with our full attention to another person, we are being generous because we're giving up our own distractions that might be troubling us at the moment. You know, if we look at our day and see problems ahead of us, uh things to be resolved, phone calls to be returned, relationships to be repaired, and we envision a a day full of um, those kinds of activities. When someone presents themselves to us in the moment, we can be generous by letting go of all those desires and concerns and simply keeping an empty mind and a ready mind with the person in front of us and being totally present with them. That is a very simple form of generosity. And again, it comes back to being selfless. Mm. Ah, that's really lovely. And, and uh, something that uh, um, that idea of receptive listening and not already having your mind full of whatever's going to happen next, I think is a, yeah. it is a gift. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And sometimes uh, we, we have to make a special effort to, to bring ourselves back to the moment and, and give that gift. If our day looks like it's going to, be, or if our mind is so full of troublesome things that we don't know how we're going to resolve, uh, it takes some effort to come back to the present moment and be uh, have a ready mind. So it's time to move to a break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for regular host Yogacharya O'Brien. I've been speaking with uh, Zen Abbot Les Kay. We've been discussing joyously living the journey of spiritual practice. You can find out more about Abbot Kay and his books at canondo.org. That's K-A-N-N-O-N-D-O dot org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at Unity Online Radio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. My guest today is Abbott Les Kay, who is the author of the book, Joyously Through the Days, Living the Journey of Spiritual Practice, and also Abbott of the Kenando Zen Meditation Center in Mountain View, California. Today we're discussing Joyously Living the Journey of Spiritual Practice. Uh, in um, Yogacharya O'Brien's book, A Single Blade of Grass, Finding the Sacred in Everyday Life, um, Yogacharya O'Brien writes, At the core of our being, we are already divine. Spiritual practices do not create this condition. They merely clear away obstacles to that realization. Kriya Yoga teaches us that rather than being human beings having a spiritual experience, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Coming from your background in Zen Buddhism, What's your view on the spiritual nature of life, and how does that inform one's practice? Well, in uh, the Zen tradition, we don't say we are either spiritual or ordinary. In, In the Zen world, we say that life is both spiritual and ordinary at the same time, two sides of the same coin. And that ordinary life is actually the expression of our spiritual side. Uh, When we have this understanding that we don't have a dual nature, we don't have a spiritual and an ordinary, but they are combined or, or one, when we don't see ourselves as dualistic, that inspires our everyday activities to have what we could call, um, you know, a spiritual orientation or an orientation of generosity and kindness and compassion. Yes. Um, the uh, I love the bringing together, you know, of the two worlds where it there isn't that division, you know, between you know spiritual and non-spiritual. Yes, in in the Zen world, in the Zen tradition, uh, a great emphasis is placed on what's called non-dualism, not seeing uh, ourselves uh, uh, split in two, but uh, seeing us as a single entity, spiritual and ordinary, together, not separate. Mm -hmm. That's a very important uh, concept and, uh, you know, idea for study in Zen Zen practice, non-dualism. So one of the chapters that I really enjoyed in your book was called Tuning Our Life. And you, in that chapter, you liken our life to a, a stringed instrument. So what does it mean to have a life in tune? Uh, well, like I, I tried to say in that, in that story, it means a spiritual practice means to constantly retune ourselves to be aware of ourselves, to how we are in the world, and to notice when we have slipped out of tune, and to come back to the present moment, to come back to the kind of person we want to be, to to adjust ourselves, to adjust our relationships so that they feel right, so that the sound of our life feels right. 
based on awareness, awareness of ourselves and awareness of ourselves in relationship with our tasks and with other people, we notice through our practice when things are going smoothly and when things fit together or when there's a little disconnect and we make adjustments in ourselves uh, so that we come back and we come back to being in tune. Right. And that meditation, that awareness that we get through meditation is such a great tool for feeling when our life is in tune. Yes, and re- referring back to uh, you know something we talked about earlier in the program, Laurel, um, this is why awareness is our most important skill. It, it it's it's vital in just about everything we do. Most importantly, our relationships with others and with the the larger world. So in, a, in another section of the book, um, you were pointing out that um, no one can really force another person to engage in spiritual practice, and uh, nor can we uh, someone force herself to engage in spiritual practice. You have to be inclined. So once someone is inclined to take up spiritual practice, how do you see the role of self-discipline? Uh, when we first start a spiritual practice, and start to do activities that are unfamiliar, like sitting in meditation and perhaps sitting in a posture that's very unfamiliar and uncomfortable, and also quieting our mind, which is not something we normally do. In the beginning, it's going to take self-discipline. In other words, we have to really push ourselves to do it. Maybe to get out of bed in the morning, to sit in meditation, but after a time, if we stick with it, it starts to feel natural, and we don't have to force ourselves, and self-discipline, we don't need self-discipline anymore. It it becomes natural in the same way that we don't need self-discipline to eat when we're hungry or to drink when we're thirsty. The spiritual practice just becomes a normal part of our life just like all the uh, those other functions, those other activities. So you, right. you can throw it away after a while. So when one of the uh, things we talked about earlier was uh, stagnation and how that um, inspiration uh, is so important in in moving us through that. So what suggestions do you have for for keeping our inspiration for? continuing to, you know, be inspired so that our practice doesn't lose its aliveness. I think what we have to do is uh, return to what originally inspired us. Gain inspiration from that insight or that feeling or that sense of something or the the word that we heard or uh, someone we saw. We have to revisit it. To, to rediscover what it was that got us started in the first place. We have to go, in other words, we have to go back to the source. Mm. I think that's important. If we start to, if we feel we're starting to lose our interest or our inspiration, go back to the original inspiration. Yes. I, I know that's been very uh, helpful uh practice for me to return to that initial initial inspiration i think that's a that's a really helpful one uh that's right because that original inspiration is ours it's it's our experience it's nobody else's so you know nobody else's uh, words or admonitions uh can bring us back we have to return to our own experience and be uh, be re be re-energized by that. So the holidays are upon us here. Um, <laughs> in this busy holiday season, which is also a holy season for inner reflection, as the earth grows quiet and the nights grow longer, the idea of taking refuge in our own inner sanctuary of peace seems especially important particularly with all of the distractions that the holidays bring. So how do you view the 
the role of spiritual practice in helping us to experience this inner sanctuary no matter where we are in life? That's an awfully good question, Laurel. Uh, I think it begins with the commitment we make to our spirituality and to our spiritual practice. I think if we're going to embark on a spiritual journey or, or a spiritual practice, we really have to make a promise or a vow that says something like, I will do my best, whatever happens, including my final breath. When we have that commitment, when we live by that vow, we will find sanctuary. We will let go of any fears that we may be carrying around. And uh, it encourages our selflessness. I will keep this vow. Mm. That selflessness itself is our sanctuary. We don't need external conditions to provide sanctuary. The true sanctuary comes uh, from our own vow to live the authentic life. That's just really, really lovely, Les. Thank you. So, unbelievably, we've already come to the uh, end of our time together. You've uh, you've been uh, listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. We've been discussing joyously living the journey of spiritual practice with special guest Zen Abbot Les Kay. You can find out more about Abbot Kay's book at canondo.org. That's K-A-N-N-O-N-D-O.org. Um, thank you, Les Kay, for joining us. And maybe we do have another minute or so. Maybe you could give just uh, uh, some, what, is there any inspiration that you'd like to offer to the oh. listeners who, you know, who are heading into this busy holiday season about uh, maintaining that, uh, you know, that, that, sense of peace? Uh, well, uh, the holiday seasons are a, a, a busier time than, our, than normal times, which themselves are very, very busy these days. And I think we can all give ourselves a gift by taking a break now and then, by setting aside all of the busyness that's going on inside our head, and just think of nothing. Just sit there quietly and let the mind relax, and let whatever comes up, let it come up. Whatever wants to happen, let it happen. And when it comes up, look at it quietly and gently and say, oh, isn't that interesting? Mm. So I think giving ourselves the gift of a, what, what do we call it, a timeout? <laughs> is that what we say it is? We yes, moment of timeout. <laughs> uh, give ourselves a break from busyness. Even though we may feel very pressured to get on with it, let's take a break. Oh, it's a, it's a little jewel for the holiday season. <laughs> okay. So for our listeners, please join us next week for uh, Someone Digging in the Ground, The Unseen Work of the Soul, which is an encore presentation of a conversation between Yogacharya O'Brien and guests Kabir and Camille Helminski of the Sufi Mevlevi Order. Uh, for information about CSE, visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is on the road. Until then, remember you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature 
by writing info at csecenter.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central. 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. the key to happiness would you like to find the fountain of youth how about all the money and love that you could handle well my friends it is there for you you just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life you need to be real be vulnerable be naked what are you waiting for let's get naked This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. 
It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous. And at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions. Find us on Facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. 
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. 